The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Cow. Sacred cow. Hey, gang. How the hell are you? Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. Well, this week... I love how our guest, Marshall Julius, has decided to try and attack probably the most beloved sci-fi film next to Star Wars or Empire, and that is Blade Runner. That's right, the 1982 classic where everyone loves this film, but Marshall sure as hell doesn't. Before we get to it, guys, girls, please leave us that five-star rating, and for all of you new folks, Please find us on the socials and give us a like and follow. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the usual deal. If you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. And let's see if Marshall can actually convince the stinkiest, nerdiest of the Comic-Con group and get them to see why he doesn't like Blade Runner. Gather around, here's what I know. It's just that... I'll be back. Only in a rerun. Jeffrey Paul, guest co-host, name that film. Oh, come on. Stop it. Isn't that a total recall? No, don't stop it. You're oh, no, 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 no. You're I'm sorry. Wrong. sorry. I know. I, I jumped to my favorite Schwarzenegger movie. It was Terminator. My bad. My bad. You and I, you're bad as bad again because it's not the Terminator. I'll be back is not Terminator. I'll be back. Only in a rerun. Marshall oh, Julius is our guest. Ho- Mar- is our guest today. I've Marshall heard that Julius, quote can before. you name that film? I totally can, um, but I choose I choose not to on the grounds that it might um, incriminate me. You mean by giving the right answer, it would incriminate you? <laughs> no, by really struggling by being blindsided with this game that I just can't think of it right now. Oh, you two are going to feel like a bunch of dummies right now. The Running Man. Oh, yeah, The Running Richard Man. I, you know, I feel it. bad. I don't feel like really stupid. I feel, you know. I thought that was an absolute finger roll layup. The only in a rerun. The I'll be back, he says, in damn near everything, but that's why I had to put it in it the does. second it does. half. 
Well, thank you for outing me as a fraud. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Well, that was easy, it, one and done. <laughs> in all fairness, Marshall, he, t- he took like the eighth best Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, no, it is not. It's in the top five. Thank you. Well, Running Man? Running Man is fantastic. That's a different episode for this show then. Man, Running, Running Man, Man is Running not Man. a top five Schwarzenegger I movie. I love it. I love it. Fair. Before we get into it, Kevin Goatee, Jeffrey, Paul, Marshall, Julius. Very fast before we get into Marshall's selection of a film you want to hate. The answers are as follows in no particular order. Terminator 2, Total Recall, Commando, The Running Man, and The Terminator. You put... No, not an order. Not, a, not, not an order. Not an order. Okay, not, I, I said not that, an order. That is, that is brutal. If I had to put an, I, 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 Terminator two, it has to be one without question. Did you say Conan the Barbarian? I sure did not because it was boring. I found it boring. I'm in the minority. Okay. I get it, but I find it. I find it boring. I love Conan the Barbarian. That's oh my fine. God, that's so much better than The Running Man. Yeah, so much better. How about Hercules in New York? Oh, or pumping iron, <laughs> or pumping junior, iron. or There's junior. Don't mention junior to me yeah. because I really got upset by junior. I have no sense of humor about junior at all. Neither did the neither did the audiences, according to the numbers. Kevin Goatee, Jeffrey Paul, as I said, Marshall Julius joining us today. We are not talking Schwarzenegger films, although that is one of my very much so wheelhouses today we are talking about a film i can't believe it's taking us over 150 episodes to get to and that is blade runner every film nerd loves this film in 1982 release a budget in 1982 at 30 million dollars a box office haul of 41.6 million now turn that into 2022 money i did $92.1 million budget, box office haul, $127.7 million. It made money, but not that much money. And for the love that it has received, not as much money as you would think it did. IMDB, as we all know, folks, is a scale 1 through 10 with decimal points. Marshall, what do you think Blade Runner has scored on the old IMDB chart? Oh, something awful like 8.4, 8.5, maybe, something well, like that. Well, Marshall, you can only pick one, so pick one. <laughs> Let's say 8.6. 8, 8.6. Jeffrey, Paul, what do you think it scored in the IMDb? Give me the 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 criteria again. What, what do we... Aggregate of reviews. There is, there is no criteria. So Give me a one number. To ten, one, one, to ten? Ten, one to ten with decimal points, like I just said. Okay. So Okay, so... Marshall said what? Eight point what? Six. Eight point six. Eight point six. I'm gonna go higher. I think I think science fiction nerds like this one. I'm gonna say nine point one. They absolutely love this film, but not on IMDB because it's an eight point one. Anything over eight though means that that's good. Generally, people like it. I think anything over seven, seven point five. I was just going to say everyone, every IMDb score, unless it's an egregious piece of shit, is a seven five or above. But most, most seven five. Rotten Tomatoes, fellas, as we know, is a one through one hundred percentage based score. Jeffrey Paul, what did the critics give Blade Runner? Oh, let's see. Ridley Scott directs this. Harrison Ford stars in it. Those are two critic darlings. I am going to say it's going to be pretty high. Out of one to 100, yeah. I'm going to say 
86. Marshall Julius. Well, this is like the price is right. Higher. <laughs> Definitely higher. I think it's it is absolute critic catnip. And most of the critics that I know, even if they didn't like it, they wouldn't admit to it because they're terrified. But I'm going to end this terror right now. But I'm going to say, I don't know, something awful like 94%. 89%. Ah. Jeff takes a Jeff take, circle gets a square. Now, Marshall, back to you. What do you think the audience gave Blade Runner? Oh, 100%. Easy. 100%. Marshall, I just want to remind you that not even Godfather 2, which is probably the most beloved film, or Godfather 1 have scored 100, nor has Jaws. But 100% is the man's guess, so we'll hold him to it. Jeffrey Paul, what did the audience give? Well, it's not going to be 100%. Because, because as long as Marshall and I were in that audience, sample size it wouldn't be a hundred percent so i'm going to say audience members who i'm gonna get this you could say 99 percent and still win because you'll be <laughs> that's say, how the game works i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna say 87 88 percent you gotta pick one 80 yeah, that's two answers definitely yeah that's what i said I, you gotta pick one 88 yeah, yeah god forbid I, I have two answers that are similar. God forbid. Because these are all official rankings, by the way. Go ahead. On guttingthesacredcow.com, you can find such rankings on that. No, you can't. The answer is 91% for the audience. Okay. It wasn't okay. too far off. Five fun facts. Ridley Scott was approached to direct and was hot off the heels of his breakthrough movie, Alien. However, Scott wasn't interested at first. He was working on an adaptation of Dune, but taking forever, he left the production, fed up, and agreed to direct Blade Runner. He said, you know, there's one thing more boring than a film I could make from Dune, and it's this. And this is what I'm going to do, damn it. Amazing. I, and and yeah, Dune is goddamn boring. boring. Yeah. yeah. Dune is insanely. I tried rewatching that a few months ago. I couldn't make it past 45 minutes. Terrible. And the reboot also boring. When writing the script, Fancher had Robert Mitchum in the mind for the role of Rick Deckard. Mitchum, a star of the 50s and 60s, would have been decidedly decidedly older choice for the role scott originally honed in on i'll let you guys take a guess huge in the 70s huge in the 80s huge a star who huge actor Burt Reynolds. jeff a guess i don't know uh Mel Gibson. dustin hoffman ew yes, yes. <laughs> I would have preferred that. I would yeah. have preferred a sort of Jewish Blade Runner. Yeah, that's what you want. You, you you want an Orthodox Jew to, to be going chasing robots. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, yeah. But he took it. But, but he got full skin or not, and he chewed them. He, he, he turned it down because of differences of opinion with Ridley Scott. In the end, Harrison Ford took the role, hoping to stretch his dramatic chops after making movies like Star Wars and Return of the Jedi, but Jedi came after this film. Nice try, dumb dumb who didn't do his research. Did, <laughs> did uh, Dustin Hoffman want to play a moil? Is that the reason yeah. why uh, he turned it down? I have my jokes lined up here, Jeff. Don't you worry. <laughs> considered for the That's role... That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Considered for the role... Burt Reynolds was considered for the role, so good on you, Marshall. I Tommy, can see that. that. That's not that, that terrible, is it? 
Tommy it Lee Jones. So much more fun. It would be more fun. Exactly. It would. Tom- Tommy Lee Jones, Gene Hackman, Sean Connery, Jack Nicholson, Paul Newman, Clint Eastwood, Al Pacino, Robert Duvall, Judd Hirsch, Nick Nolte, and Christopher Walken were all considered. <laughs> Why don't you just name actors who weren't considered? Michael J. Michael M- Michael J. Fox, Seth Green, Seth Rogen, <laughs> Michael Sarah, Greg the Greek, <laughs> John Bruce Holmes, TT Boy, and Tommy uh, Tommy Ken Lee Perlstein. and <laughs> just do it all inside baseball jokes. But one other actor was offered the role and turned it down because he was so exhausted from filming Apocalypse Now, and that was Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Turned down the role. Can you imagine Can you imagine dusty-ass, squeaky Dustin Hoffman walking around telling an android who, who beat him up going, I'm walking here. Blade <laughs> Runner was released in 1982. Earlier that year, the score of 1981's Chariots of Fire won the Best Original Score Oscar, also, of course, by Greek composer Vangelis, the singular named musician followed up that score by making Blade Runner. But the first person Ridley Scott approached was actually the guitarist from The Who, Pete Townsend. But Pete Townsend had such a terrible experience writing the music to the rock opera, Tommy, he turned it down. Wow. Was it getting too busy while he was collecting kitty porn? Is that why? I think Ridley Scott went to Townsend and said, what I want is an incredibly dreary soundtrack that sounds like an elevator in a nightmare. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm just not that bad. Go to Vangelis. And that's what they did. As if you ever listen to that, I actually watched the film again and I thought the soundtrack was warped like an old vinyl record. And it's like, <laughs> I thought it was I had to de-wax myself. I slapped myself to make sure I wasn't sleeping. But no, I was awake. It was a waking nightmare. So I have I notes I literally about that. have to slap myself. I have notes about it too. Number five, what was now, what was once considered a flop is now considered a, a cult classic and one of the best sci-fi films ever. In fact, IGN and The Guardian both named it the best science fiction movie of all time. Entertainment Weekly called it the ninth best cult movie. Empire named it the 13th best movie ever. It even finished 97th on AFI's list of the top 100 movies. Can I just use an English word just to sum that up? And we can Yes, ready? I know what it is. Cunt. No. No. That's, I think we all use that word. I was just going to say wankers. Utter wankers. I know those sorts of people that have voted for that. And they're probably like 12 years old. They say it's the best science fiction ever. It's like they probably couldn't name 20 other science fiction films. Just utter pretentious wankers. I hate them. I hate them. Okay? We'll get wankers. to it. And now... It's sponsored by wanker.com. Now, the- can you say on this podcast then? You can say whatever you want on this podcast. Well, I feel like we've reached the roof. I'll try and think of something else. The, 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 the glass ceiling is only there if you see it. Now, we're going to have our fans jump in on the fun when it's time to ask a gutter. Old Reliable himself, at Nemirovsky, he wants to know, Marshall Julius, what is your favorite movie or TV adaptation of a Philip K. Dick? Book, sorry, Philip K. Dick, yeah, story slash book. 
I don't really care Philip K. Dick terribly, to be honest. His I movie? Know. You're saying the movie adaptations you don't care for? Well, name a few because it's well, like, that's easy. Total Recall. Oh, wait, I suppose Total Recall. Total okay, Recall. let's say Total Recall, and which is a tremendously flawed and and dated film, way better than the remake. But at least it's got Arnold in it, and it's got you know it's got people losing their arms, people's heads exploding. It's fun. Well, it's goddamn fantastic. First of all, Nate is not dated as an American cinema classic, and you sir are very wrong for even trying to say to, to trying to assuage anybody saying this film is dated yet bad. No, this film is amazing, and I also cast you out for even watching the remake of Total Recall. Why why watch a remake when the original is fucking perfect? At well, the I had no to need to remake it. It that movie. It was my job. It was my job. I oh, that's right. To, but I had. And the second Philip K. Dick book that it also is translated masterfully minority report yeah it's okay no it's good no nah, it's meh it's like it's it's it's, it's all right i think it's, it's it's like it's it's that girl lying around in goo for two hours and 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 tom cruise doing his usual running very fast thing oh, it's like I, that's 90 percent of it goo and running i and jumping oh fair I, uh, but Tom, but Tom Cruise is the best action film in the last twenty five years. I will not hear any other, but he other does arguments. Like otherwise, to run in movies. Next question at James Hat from James Hatton. You're walking in a desert. You look down and see a tortoise crawling towards you. You flip the tortoise over on its back. Its belly baking in the hot sun, beating its legs, trying to turn itself over, but it can't. Not without your help. Why aren't you helping? Because I'm waiting for it to cook so I can fucking eat it. That's why. Oh. You can pull out the legs if it gets cooked enough. They're delicious. And then once the legs are out, you can get your fingers in and really scoop the whole thing out. It's fantastic. And then you've got a hat to wear in the sun. As you can see, I burn quite easily. So see? I would never read one. See Dustin Hoffman could he made his own little turtle yarmulke if he would have been in this film. Good. He could. Next this question. This all sounds incredibly anti-Semitic, which is fine. As a Jew, I'm fine with that. But, you know. <laughs> it's not anti-Semitic. It's factual. Last I checked. Qualifying. Next question. At they call this a movie. Which celeb would be the first one you'd accuse of being a replicant? Ooh, that's a good question. But. Replicants, they actually seem more emotional in Blade Runner than the actual humans. So what are the negative aspects of being a replicant? You know, they're, they're strong. They're generally better looking. Um, so oh, murderous. Suppose, Don't forget um, murderous. <laughs> oh, yeah, because no humans are murderous. I That's know. right. We're all like angels walking around. I would say, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to out myself. I, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Being he played one pretty much, that's not a, a far cry. Yeah, exactly. It's Jeffrey, not a great stretch. Jeffrey, Paul, how about yourself? Who do you think would be the replicant of replicants? Well, that's a good question, too. Um, trying to think, who who shows no emotion in any role that they play and that you'd probably need a mask to kind of like uh, get any type of emotion out of them? Uh, is this open to actresses as well? Sure. Uh, what's what? Who was that? Who's the the star of uh, Showgirls? Elizabeth Berkley. Elizabeth Berkley. Jesse Spano. Oh boy. Yes, I think Jesse Spano. 
<laughs> My answer is David Schwimmer. He has that same dumb face on at all times. That's a good one. Thank you. That's a good one. Thank you. He gets very upset when somebody eats his sandwich. I suppose that's that's Ross. That's not David Schwimmer. I've never watched a full episode of Friends, and I pride myself upon it because the clips I've seen are just fucking unwatchably awful. It's the only reason why I hang out with you, Kevin. <laughs> that's it. There has to be something. Yeah, the only reason that's, that I tolerate. <laughs> I'll, find, I'll, find, I'll find something. And the only reason that's I tolerate it. the only reason I tolerate hanging out with you is because you can't bet football and I get free steak dinners out of you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay, New Year's coming up. As you said, the last three years. The next, oh, that's it for Ask a Gutter. Oh, Bango 2331, Blade Runner probably five years ago. What is it? Someone is writing in phrases. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. That's a, that's a no-go. All right, that's going to close it for Ask a Gutter. So now, folks, hey, have you written a five-star rating, two- or three-sentence review on this podcast? Why not? Take this moment and do so because it helps us in the algorithm. We thoroughly appreciate it. Do so on your podcast platform of choice. And now, Jeffrey Paul, it is time to have our guest. As you can see, he's got an arsenal of toys behind him. He is ready. He's champing at the bit, not chomping. Champing is the correct term. At the bit to to come out here and attack the living piss out of the replicant known as Blade Runner. So, Marshall, it's time for you to gut the sacred cow. Oh, I was waiting for a ding or something. I felt like you no, were just... No, 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 no. The, 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 okay. the, the cow moos in post-production when I put it in there. Okay, so I'll moo and... Okay, right. Um, <laughs> and clap. Okay, I'm going to look over to the side. I have a whole screen full of uh, notes and, uh, you know, memory aids, so I don't forget all the different reasons that I hate this movie. Um, Perfect. My first one, it says, one, boring, so... Boring. So I think that the cardinal sin a movie could commit is is being boring, right? I, I think pretty much forgive it for anything else. I, I you know if I can sit through it without being angry that I'm sitting through it because I'm so bored without looking at my watch, without failing the bum test, you know, when you're sitting in a movie and your ass starts to ache. And it's like, I was sitting in the cinema yesterday in the same seat in a longer film and my bum didn't start hurting. So what the hell? It fails the bum test. Blade Runner definitely uh, fails the bomb test. It is unremittingly tedious. I was thinking about it. How is it even possible for a film about killer robots? Killer robots? How is it possible for it to be this boring? You know, <laughs> I've got a film with these killer robots from outer space. They come down to Earth. One of them gets their tits out. There's, there's fighting, there's shooting, and it's utterly boring just like you will not be able to uh, keep your keep your eyes open the thing about it is that yes there are some interesting design aspects yes of course but yeah it is incredibly boring with it why is it why does it say that just because you have a western and japanese you know kind of culture cultural melange that it has to be tedious firefly has that and it's incredibly exciting it's a fun western adventure it's lively it's spirited you know people turn the lights on when they come inside you know things happen not all in slow motion um but you know this is not the case um in blade runner um i find it so dreary everything so dark so echoey and i know that that's the design concept but the fact that it was made deliberately that way doesn't make it better it's like the fact that really scott you said i want to make 
and I'm not I, I'm not going to say he 100% said this at any point, but in my mind, mm-hmm. he said to someone, I want to make the most boring fucking film ever made. It is just going to drive people into the ground, but they're going to be embarrassed to admit that they fell asleep. And when they come out, they'll go, it's a triumph. I love this film. It's wonderful. But, you know, even the score, like I said, it's like elevator music um, in a nightmare. It just, it's just so dreary. I mean, give me one good thing, really one good, like Chariots of Fire, you know, something that you can, you can, you know, get behind, but it's just, I like the elevator, the, the elevator in the nightmare sounds like a title track on any kind of Tim Burton movie score, like a title track of. It does, but Danny Elfman would do that, so at least it would have yeah. a, bit of, a bit of zing to it. Sure. But, you know, even when there's action, for want of a better word, even when there's action in Blade Runner, like uh, he tracks down the, the 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 stripper, she's standing around, boobs out, um, you know, she chops him in the neck and runs away, and you think, oh, thank Christ, after what is it, like half an hour, or has it been half my life? There's actually <laughs> going to be a chase thing. And then he's running, and suddenly um, it cuts to slow motion. And it's like, hasn't this whole movie been in slow motion? Couldn't this one scene be at least in in real time? Or couldn't it be sped up like Benny Hill or just something as a break? But no, he does it in slow motion. So she gets shot. She goes crashing through the glass. And then it's looking, you know, then it's looking at uh, Harrison Ford looking all sad and depressed. And like, is this really what I want to do? questioning his life choices and it's like now is not the time to question your life choices harrison ford before you said yes i'll make blade runner that was the time to question your fucking life choices not now when you're shooting the girl and it's slow motion and then it's raining and it's like oh my god let's watch the raindrops on your face and then let's watch the raindrops on her you know for like 10 minutes and it's like just move just go somewhere just do something so okay it's always raining. There's steam everywhere. You never really see inside many of the houses. When you do, everywhere's just a big, huge mess. No one can afford to pay their lighting bill, so they're all plunged in complete darkness the whole time. Everywhere is incredibly <laughs> echo. It is insufferably pretentious. And so, you know, pretentious, like when something thinks that it's so much more than it actually is, you know, that being like the definition, right? So it's like people say, oh, Blade Runner, you know, it's a think piece. It, it's a meditation <laughs> on, on memory and humanity. And uh, I mean, nobody who I would actually spend more than three minutes with would actually describe it that way. But, you know, people, the, the film scholars, the sort of people who vote for it in their top whatever, they, they say that. Um, and, and what I always say to them is, you know, um, you know, there's nothing that's not been covered elsewhere in a more interesting, more dynamic, more entertaining way. You know, I like smart science fiction i don't need to be spoon-fed you know i don't even mind when sometimes the the the, the story the the, the the you know the, the meaning of it is inscrutable all it is it's it's a it's a thin story told incredibly muddily um and by the end you're like you know huh you know just because the film uh isn't clear you know, it doesn't make it smart just because a film ends in in confusion and it could go either way. You know, it doesn't make it deep. It could just be a badly told story. You know, a film that makes you feel stupid. You know, what is the appeal of that? You know, would you say thank you? Thank you for just going out of your way to present me with something that actually doesn't make sense. And when I feel it doesn't make sense, instead of saying, oh, I must be the one not getting it. I say, Jacques, 
Ridley Scott, Jack <laughs> you. You know, you're the stupid one. You didn't make a proper film. It's like, I can fucking see through you, man. I can see it. And this brings me on to number three. All for show. All for show, nothing inside. You know, for a film about humanity, um, there's not much humanity on show. Everybody is cold. Everybody is incredibly detached. And, you know, for the most part, really, Scott is a director who traditionally was more interested in the visuals, um, you know, than the, the over visuals over content, you know, over character. Um, and I get what he was attempting, you know, kind of sci-fi film noir. You know, it's it's not like subtle. I understand um, the film's influences. You know, I get the text, the subtext, all of that stuff. It, it, it's not that it's beyond me. I just feel that ultimately it's just empty inside. Ultimately, it's just a series of set pieces. Um, but the set pieces are mm -hmm. the sets. The other problem with that is that he drinks from a square scotch glass. And if that isn't like a perfect metaphor <laughs> for this movie, it's, I don't know what it is. Because it's like when he drinks it, it just pushes his lip in the most unnatural way. And it's like, I know what really Scott did. He said to his like production guys, go and find me a glass that looks like just the biggest wanker made this. It's like, I know a glass that's square. You know, why not make knives that are round or I don't know, pillows that are made of fucking hedgehogs. It doesn't make sense. You don't have a square glass. I would never drink from that. And that is just what this movie is. Nothing makes sense. It's all about design. Nothing feels organic or real. Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, fucking hell. I mean, uh, I'm a heterosexual man, but I, I even then I said if I was going to go gay, it would be for Harrison Ford. I fucking loved Harrison Ford. He was like my screen hero, and I just felt like he could do no wrong. And when I heard that he was going to be in a sci-fi movie, uh, you know, a big science fiction film um, with directed by Ridley Scott, the director of Alien, for fuck's sake, Harrison mm. Ford, Ridley Scott, Alien, it was like I was practically, you know, I, I was practically, you know, engorged. I was so excited. I was in the cinema. And then fucking Blade Runner. And it's like after five, five minutes, it's like, what the fuck? I watched the film again yesterday. I hated it as much as I did when I was 12. I hated it every time the Ridley Scott said, oh, I'm going to just tinker with it and this time i'm gonna add a voiceover because that'll make more sense and suddenly it'll be good it's like no it fucking won't all i'll have to do is somebody's gonna ask me to write about it and i'll have to sit through it again it's like now we're gonna have a dream about a unicorn and that'll make it better it's like no it won't it will just be the same boring ass film with a fucking dream about a unicorn and no matter what you do unless you actually play it in fast forward and you have it over in five minutes that's the only way that i'm gonna get out of that film happy and my whole life, when people have said, "What do you, you know? You want to come see Blade Runner? Let's see Blade Runner. What you know? What do you love Blade Runner? I saw Blade Runner last night. It's fantastic. It's so good. It's like, what is so good about it? Why do you like it so much? And it's like, I just think there's this mad like hypnosis, this 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 group insanity where everybody just says Blade Runner is this great, interesting science fiction classic. When I think actually what they mean is they just like the the, the flying cars. You know, and they, they got, like, they got, they, they got plenty. They got plenty of that in Back to the Future too. Exactly, they've got that in the Fifth Element, which is another yeah. stupid, boring film. But I mean, not quite as boring a, a, as Blade Runner. So you know, it's like to me, it's like those magic eye paintings. You know, you you, you remember those? You, sure. You look at them, and suddenly your eyes will slightly go out of focus.
And just before you would actually sort of have a stroke, you would see a fucking donkey or something, and then you you like, and it's gone. But it's like, oh wow, I spent three hours looking at this page, but I saw a, for a moment a, a blurry donkey or a sunset or something. And it's like I've watched this film so many times, just trying to watch it from every angle, and just waiting to take a moment when I could just understand what it is that everyone sees in it. But I don't even see the blurry the blurry donkey you know it's like it's like a 1980s it is it is as empty as a 1980s pop video the difference being that those things they were just meant to be you know kind of empty throwaway visuals they were but it did but at least they had a catchy song sometimes you know Blade Runner is like a just a shallow, meaningless doves flying up into the sky bullshit pop video. It's like a John Woo film with that, with, with, but a lot darker. Yeah, it's like you know, at the end they've got like a Ruckahar holding a fucking dove for the whole like for five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like, mate, why are you holding a dove? It's like the whole scene. It's Ready? Like, you ever here's your like here's your answer. Ready? Here's like, your answer. Ready? Symbolism is going to be the response. I know, but it's like, you know, who does that? It's I like, know. because I, I know in five minutes, I'm going to die. I'm going to deliver a beautiful speech. I'm going to look down. Everything's going to be in fucking slow motion, of course. And then the camera's going to go up and I'm going to, and I'll die. So I'll let go of the dove and it'll fly up to heaven. And that'll be like my spirit flying up to heaven. I tell you, the only thing that soars in that final moment is my heart, because I know that film is almost fucking over. No way to better rant than that. Now, Marshall, give me a score one to 10 on your opinion of Blade Runner. One being the worst like, is that below one. No, it's one to ten, but I mean zero. Uh, look, I'll say one under sufferance, but I would really like to give it zero. You I can really give it. Yeah, you can give it. You can give it a zero if you want. Zero to ten. How about okay, that? No, I'll give it. I'm going to give it a minus point, not one. No, no, I'll give it zero. <laughs> I, I just really just don't get it. I just, I just, I hear don't you. Get that. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Guttingthesacredcow.com where you can find all of our sweet-ass merch, hats, bags, mugs, you name it. It's there, guttingthesacredcow.com. And now, of course, it's time for my co-host Jeffrey Paul to weigh in with his thoughts on Blade Runner. Jeffrey Paul, take it away. Yeah, I don't know what uh, Marshall is talking about. I mean, this movie was great. (laughs) <laughs> I and here and here comes the curveball in the dirt. Yeah, no, this was shit. This, <laughs> this, this, this I, I, oh God, okay. Where, where, where do I start? There was so much about that. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Even the dumb opening, dramatic, over dramatic music didn't get me. Okay, and I know 
because you know I'm a, I'm a big music guy. People love the soundtrack of this. I hate Vangelis. It's he's the Yanni of movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I 100 agree with you. Also, why are all those buildings exploding in the opening scene? I, I, I yeah. didn't like the. the you know, oh, chariots of fire! No, okay, it, it stunk. It it didn't inspire me. I didn't want to run in, in a race in slow motion. I didn't like it. Uh, so immediately, I'm I'm in a bad mood when the movie starts. Um, by the way, Marshall, I love the anger uh, coming out. You know, it's it's you could tell this is not fake. You hated this. Um, oh, I was screaming at the screen yesterday, and my wife she had to go into another room. She's like, "Who yeah, are you I'm, talking to?" I'm yeah, talking I'm not to psychopath. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but you know, execution, retirement. It's kind of like Biden's definition of recession. Okay, it's still it's not a booming economy. Um, also. Little things like that that take me out of the movie. Like, this is supposed to be the future. Okay. Does the future still have the same stupid green font on the computers? Okay. Like, they they couldn't even visualize that. You know? Uh, Yeah. I mean, listen. Ridley Scott knows how to shoot a film. You know, a lot of darkness. You know, society, the world. You know, that, that that's, I guess, the equation that he's making. It's a dark world. You know, so he'll film it dark. Film noir. But I mean, still, I mean, I have questions. You know, is is the elect is the electricity grid stressed out in the future? Is that why it's so dark? You know, it, is that what we're kind of going you know to expect now? Um, also, what was with that noodle shop? You know, that that noodle bar mm-hmm. is the only twenty four hour restaurant. Like, no matter what time, is is that the only place that Harrison Ford goes to to, to eat? I don't know. Um, you mentioned something about the drinks, all right? This again, little things take me out of a movie. He he asks uh, Sean Young, who oh, okay now I know she's supposed to play a robot in this, but you know, when you asked that initial question, that would have been one of my my choices as well. You know, as mechanical actresses is Sean Young, um, but when crack a smile he, once, you know, for one yeah. just one time. Do you want a drink? And he goes, why no ice? Like, he there's no ice. Unless they're drinking McCallum's. And I didn't think he was drinking McCallum, all right? I didn't think, you know, that, you know, it should have been ice on the drink. It, it would have just made it more believable. Um, I basically hate movies uh, about the future because the future is never optimistic. It's always bleak. It's kind of like Logan's run, you know? I um, saw that for the first time a week or so ago. The and original? I was, the original. And I, and I was telling Goots on his podcast, it's like every 70s movie made in the 70s about the future, it feels like it was created at like the land of tomorrow in Disney World. It has that space mountain landscape feel. I can even smell it with just the, the blinking lights and the, the mall you know, like a, a, like a shotgun. Oh, yeah. And they all have to wear all in the future, we're all yeah, going to yeah. wear matching Jumpsuits. Yeah, jumpsuits. Right. right. They wore the that one with the first half square. of Logan's run is fun. The yes. It's terrible. It's got Farrah it, and it's got Jenny Agatha topless. But the second half, as soon as they get out, it's like, yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, but it still had Michael York. 
Yeah, so what? He, I, I, I only know him as the guy Basil from Austin Powers. Yeah, I'm not and by the way, by the way, they escape in that. I hate to jump in and deviate for two more seconds. They escape at an hour and ten. I go, oh cool, this is over. I look at the fucking you know, hit display. Another 35, 40 minutes left to go. You son of a bitch! What are we gonna do now? And it was a slog. Well, yeah, when like, I grew I, up, it was on TV a lot, and I liked it. And I'm sorry, I know I'm interrupting you, but I got to tell you, I got a very quick Michael York story. I, he was he did like uh, loads of those uh, Musketeer movies, and he he did one like after all the others. Like the, I can't remember what it was called. It was like in the 80s, and it was really terrible. I went to a press conference, and we we're all standing around with the cast and stuff. And Michael York is there, and I'm there's journalists everywhere, and I get a chance to ask him a question, and I'm asking him something. I mentioned uh, Logan's Run. And I said to him, which I always thought was one of the uh, key science fiction films of the 1970s. And he said to me, oh, was it? And like everybody laughed at me. And I thought, fuck you all. That's and right. Just fuck, said, fuck, um, your, fuck Michael York. Richard Jordan was the better looking out of the two of them anyway. Damn right. Okay, Damn right. right. And also how, and before I diverse, okay. How annoying was it? When Farrah Fawcett goes up, like, oh, I've never seen an old man before. Oh, with you know? the beard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, Can you it was, imagine it was, you go out like for a pint of milk in the morning, you go down to the shop, and this person walks up to you and starts touching your face and go, I've never seen, I would just punch her in the fucking face morning. and say, I'm just going to get a pint of milk. It's like, what's the telly? There's lots of old people. Even as a kid. Um, you know what? I, I, going back to Blade Runner, I like this premise when it was oh, Westworld. Yeah. When it was, like, I thought that was a much, much better movie of the future. Okay. Um, and, you know, when you watch Flying Cars, like you said, this was supposed to take place in 2019. We are no, we are no closer to getting Flying Cars than we were back then when they made this. Flying Cars would solve a lot of problems in today's world. Hmm. Um, but going back to the original uh, theme and pre premise of this movie uh, and, and movies in general, Marshall, you said it right. A movie should be entertaining. This was the opposite of entertaining. It was boring. It was boring. Um, I thought this could be a good movie if if it wasn't so boring. It was a good premise. Um, I can't, this, is, this is where I'll give it credit and I'll give it a higher rating than you did. Um, I think as the movie grows on, goes on, and I did try to give it like an honest, like, you know, watch, um, I, 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 it did grow on me a little bit and I could see how a science fiction nerd could kind of, kind of like this. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was it, man. It, you know, uh, I wish uh, Kevin would reimburse me uh, $4 for this and, and, you know, maybe <laughs> for my, for my time that I, that I spent, you know, on a, on a Saturday afternoon, you know, just watching this when I could have been in my pool, but uh, instead I was watching this garbage. So on a scale of uh, zero to 10, I'm yep. going to give this like a three. You could have watched us at night and spent the day in your pool. How you budget your time right. is your decision. I'm if not, you'd watched I'm not, it listen, at night, I am not you wouldn't have made it to the end. Doing this. I'm out doing stand-up. I, I will not, I, I'm not coming home to watch this stuff. How could you stay awake through it if you have any fatigue in you? I actually thought about <laughs> cocaine. That. If I was Lots of cocaine. Any, any plan, oh, well, maybe. Maybe you know that would make it seem that, like that's it goes what you should faster. do next time. 
Kevin, next time you make someone watch this, yes, give give them a couple of lines. First of all, I don't make anyone watch any film. The guest selects a film, Jeff, as you know, as you selected Spaceballs two years ago. Marshall selected Spaceballs. Blame Marshall. That is my fault. But I was angry at myself. I was angry at you. I was angry at the whole (laughs) circumstance. I had to watch that film. And I was thinking. The hatred is palpable. I love it. I haven't seen a lot of hatred like this. Jeff, I think you were the first one to come on and, and have such discernible, you know, disgust for a film with, with Spaceballs, in which I agree on. I hate Spaceballs. Hey, there's three of us. We all have common sense. Kevin Israel spinning in his not grave yet. Who, <laughs> who loves this film? But we're going to get to my notes. And those notes, of course, are, listen, if you want to advertise with this fine podcast, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. But the most important thing is I want to say is thank you all for giving us an hour plus, in this case, a lot more, of your week listening to this podcast and thanks for telling a friend and sharing this with your friends and why this is the best damn movie podcast out there notes it's always fun to see futuristic movies predict the future demolition man has the best batting average of success especially the vr porn part and blade runner i assume is the reason why steve jobs invented facetime did anyone have the world by the balls better than Harrison Ford did in the early 80s? Two Star Wars films and an Indiana Jones film to his credit. And then two more Indiana Jones films upcoming with one more Star Wars. The guy was truly the king of Hollywood from eighty from about 77 to 83, 84 with Temple of Doom. No one owned that, that, that action uh, star more than he did. And boy, did he capitalize. The futuristic, this futuristic version of LA is much different than the current one. No homeless people. This is fun. This version of LA doesn't have a brown face in sight, so they got this version very wrong. You know, I didn't think I'd ever hear Harrison Ford drop an N bomb unless he had a permission slip from Billy D. Williams, but here we are. For 1982, the special effects are pretty solid. Give that credit. Much better than Ghostbusters, which came out two years later. Name an actor that's had a meltdown and a notable far from grace besides Sean Young, Roseanne Barr, and Lindsay Lohan. I dare you. She was top of the world for a while, and then, well, she's dead now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fair. Without without any sort of criticism or, or, or comment, and I know it's very soon, but I think that's... That would have to be out there now, don't you think? At least Anne sure. Hesh was in Donnie Brasco. Right. That's true. And Six Days, Seven Nights. Oh, stop it. Ford. Stop it. You, you stop it with that silly reference. It's all gone full circle. Sean Young looks like a less hotter but less mouthier version of Katy Perry. This film obviously inspired Minority Report. I can't believe you didn't pick up on that, Marshall. That's the, I thought this was... A carbon copy, almost, of Minority Report, except for the... uh, Because I fell asleep during Minority Report as well. (laughs) Shame on you. Hey, Jeff, who do you want want to kiss more, a young Harrison Ford or a young Rucker Hauer? I got to tell you, Rucker Hauer, I thought, was like his scenes were at least compelling. Yeah. Yes. 100%. I'll get to that in a moment. Given the choice between the two, I give Rucker Hauer a rusty trombone. (laughs) The Cleveland Steamer, though, that's a different ballgame. I bet you're all Team Harrison for that one. Not many layers to Decker's character. He's definitely no Han Solo or Indiana Jones. That is for sure. 
This film is thought-provoking, beautifully shot, and a hell of a concept. But it's not grabbing me like every film nerd told me that it should be. Harrison Ford gets all showgirls with us when he goes over after that first female replicate in the dressing room. He gets pretty handsy pretty fast, doesn't he? I guess he figures robot lives don't equal uh, human lives and says, fuck it. I can do what I want and no one's going to be caring less. You want to piss off? Very aggressive. Very aggressive sex scene. Very aggressive. Yes. Wait, that was a sex scene? Yeah. No. No. You want to no, it was just him getting handsy trying to take her down. Oh, after, Jesus. After- you know, when I woke up, I just assumed they'd had sex. And, right. But um, I guess not. That, could, that, that would have that been a nice twist in that movie. Right. <laughs> you want to piss off every nerd at every Comic-Con? First, you tell them Greedo shot first. You want to piss them off? Secondly, tell them this film stinks. You'll have an army of body odor, monster energy drink, and a mass of humanity on top of you, flailing wildly. This film has escaped from L.A. Sorry, this film has escaped from New York with a lot more neon and a lot less cooler character than Snake Plissken. The Alice in Wonderland guy, Dick Nose, has to be, that setup with the toy guy has to be about 56% of Comic-Con attendees' basements. Also, that guy, do you remember how old he was supposed to be? I forgot. I think he said he was 24. He was 24 or 28. That guy easily, easily looked 45. like he was 46. <laughs> yeah, he, but, but he was he was young. He was supposed to be young. Let me tell you something. Is, did he, they say that? I, I missed yes, that detail. Yes, Again, something that took me out of the movie. It's like there's, that, that's the same casting as Grease. You mm-hmm. know, who, who, who was it who played Rizzo in Grease? I, hate, I saw it once for this podcast. I hated it. What was that woman's name? I forgot her and I just blanked it out. She's supposed to be 17 years old. She oh, was she was 35. 37 years old. 37. They, were all, well, they were all kind of late 20s, weren't they? I mean, they were all no, pretty old. No, they were in their 30s. Yeah. yeah. They were in their 30s, man. That's like casting me as a high school senior. <laughs> but when I watched it, when I was like when I was like eight, nine, um, I didn't know what old people looked like. It didn't even occur to me when I first saw it. It's only later that you realize it's like, hey, you know, they must have, how dumb must they must have re- redone every single year like 12 times to be that old and still every 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 person you thought was old looked like your grandparents that's what i thought old looked like the only thing the only casting that was older was when they made the sequel i never saw agree and i will Lorna never see Luft, Lorna Luft, judy garland's other daughter was in that movie and she was supposed to be a high school she wasn't even a senior she was supposed to be a junior she was, was she, 16 years yeah, old. I, was she, I definitely was, am not going to jump in and defend Greece too. That is for sure. No one is. Uh, okay, can I just say? I just remembered. What about that scene at the end of Blade Runner when he comes in? He goes back to his apartment and she's lying there under a sheet, like completely motionless, like she's dead. He pulls back the sheet and he's like about to cry. Oh, Rachel, you're dead. You're dead. And then she moves and it's like, no, I'm all right. I'm awake. It's like who <laughs> lies like a corpse under a sheet? It's like surprise! I'm not dead. What was the point of that? Uh, she was in, in she wasn't she a replicant? Yeah, but what? Yeah. So replicants lie under a sheet. What? Yes, so they yes. don't get dusty. Of course, replicants she's lie like under a, a sheet. She's like furniture in a summer home. You Marshall, come in I clearly have more replicant experience than you do. Yeah, he's she's playing possum, kind of like some guy. You know, a woman who's <laughs> wanting to fuck her husband. Yeah, that- 
I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. Next point, an hour and a half in, and Roy, if Roy's supposed to be a murderous villain, he's sure as hell not exhibiting any traits or reasons to hate him. And of course, as soon as I wrote that down, Roy kissed the guy and then crushed his skull. Awesome timing. By the way, that we was had, a cool scene. Yeah, it was that a was a scene. cool scene. Yeah, I completely. We have midget guys who strip cars. Bonus half a point in my book. When he when he was naming the dead replicants with his fingers one by one, he should have taken the last figure and said, and then this little piggy went wee 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 all the way home, and lightened this film up just a little bit. Finally, the cat and mouse game at the end is great. Using the pain of adrenaline to wake himself up, as well as taunting, howling at Deckard. That's a great touch. I like that a lot. The 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 use of lightning, lighting and shadows during the final fight scene is fantastic. Interesting way to having to end the film of Roy shut down and accept his fate instead of just a typical, we're going to duke it out, old school, every action film, blah, blah, blah. Daryl Hannah inspiring the Chitara look from the Thundercats. No, thank you. I much prefer her in Splash. And now, oh, Mark, it's true. I much prefer my action movies to end where people say, actually, let's not have a fight. That yeah. just seems like that's, that's, I yeah. just, I just don't get that. I, I, I would much rather actually see at the end of my movie the two characters who have been trying to kill each other for the whole movie actually sort of try and kill each other instead of rescue him. He couldn't fight him. He was holding a fucking dove, wasn't he? He couldn't do anything. What was he going to do? Stab him with a dove. I said, interesting, not entertaining. Interesting uh, choice. There's a difference. Um, you used to, so I'll say this. Every, every film nerd loves this film. And you used two words that were just banging at home. Pretentious, which I wrote how to there. But the other one, think peace, which is something exactly those queef critics we're going to read about in two minutes are going to say. The, I can see why people love this. The sound, the cinematographer, the cinematography, the plot, that they're all very unique, and I understand why. The execution is a different story. The soundtrack, the, people were ranting and raving like, like this is a John Williams or Hans Zimmer soundtrack. It ain't even close to that. You are out of your tits if you think that is the case. It's These, Jimmy Page in Death Wish 3. Yeah. I didn't even know he did that, <laughs> nor did I see Death Wish 3, so there you have Oh, it. you have to see that. It's so bad, I know, I've heard. It's, it's Death so Wish bad, 3 is great. really fun. You know, yeah. they actually yeah. shot that in London. Oh. Michael Winner told me a story that uh, they shot that in London, but they just dressed it up to make it look like New York. I interviewed Michael Winner, and he told me a story. He said that um, the uh, Teamsters, a uh, representative of the Teamsters Union, called him up and was, like, screaming at him down the phone. Why didn't you use us? Why didn't you use us? You know, what the fuck are you doing? You know, do you, you have any idea, you know, how much trouble you're going to get into? You're never going to get a crew on. And he was like, oh, I shot it in I shot it in London. I shot it in the East End. Yeah, that, that's a... That's if New York looked like downtown Beirut. That's how bad they made it look. It was yeah. that is such a garbage movie, but I can watch if it's on at two o'clock in the morning, I'll wake my wife up just so I can make sarcastic remarks to somebody. That's like oh, yeah, rumble, that's like that's like rumble rumble that's like rumble in the Bronx, but it was shot in Vancouver and they have hydrofoils running around there in New York City. <laughs> Uh, Back to my points. Uh, I know this is a great film. I I definitely can appreciate for how groundbreaking it was. 
but it did not reel me in. I didn't buy the Deckard, Sean Young romance for a minute. The characters, except for Roy, are nothing inspiring or interesting in the slightest bit. In fact, Deckard, he moonwalks through this film with nothing personable, I felt, like Han Solo did moonwalk through Jedi and of course well yeah but mainly Jedi he was an absolute bore in Jedi Han Solo and I love Star Wars those are my, my favorite films but he was not brought nothing to the table in Jedi this film I'm had not going to comment on this because then we'll be on the for yeah. another hour yeah, I'm just going to let that slide but I'm not this sure this film had a ton of great things behind it but they never wrapped up with a bow for me the very ending I liked it. I didn't like how it ended, but I liked everything leading up to, like again, the cat and mouse stuff. I liked. I will never watch this again. I know every fanboy, and this is something, Marshall, I'm very surprised you didn't bring up. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry, I take it back. You did. You did this. Up. They demand you watch the director's cut. Now, that's bullshit because the first version should be the best version. And that goes all the way back to even with Justice League. First of all, Justice League sucks. I won't watch the, re the Redux because who gives a shit? Apocalypse Now, Redux. I need 45 more minutes. No, I do not. The two and a half hours I had were just fine. Thank you. But we only judge theatrical versions on this podcast, and that is it. This I appreciate, again, the themes, the story, the layers. I can appreciate all that, but I found this boring. I did not, I didn't well, like it when I- three borings across the board. I did not mm -hmm. like it when I first saw it, and I had to watch this in two different sittings, and God damn, it's only an hour and 50 or whatever it was. Not that long. I just got so I, – I just don't see the love like you fellas. I gave it a higher score because, again, I appreciate all the themes. But, again, the pretentiousness, as you said, and the fact the Emperor's New Clothes, as I always say in this podcast, rings true for this. I'm going to come in a little higher than you guys, 5 out of 10. But it is way overvalued and overrated than what it should be. People – go out of their way to blow That's this film generous i could see why you would say that generous. you just spent 15 minutes telling us why you don't like the film but then you said at some point you said but it's but, a classic but i actually dispute that it wasn't even successful when it first came out it's just had this this hypnotic effect on people i just don't think it is a classic I think, I think it, that a film has to be quantifiably good for it to be a classic and i know you can't i didn't say no 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 i didn't say it but i didn't say it was a classic I said, not a class. I could say I see why people think it is, but I'm not on board oh, with that. Not well, big, big, yeah, big, big like difference. Really, this is, yeah. I, again, I don't own this. I am never watching it again. And of course, Marshall, it does not pass the remote test. The remote test, of course, if at any point you stumble upon it on TV, cable, whatever, and you go, you drop the remote and go, I know what I'm yes. doing for the next hour and a half. No chance I'm doing that. Zero zip zilch. No not watching this ever again. I tried watching Blade Runner 2049 and I was equally as bored. Didn't care. Oh, yeah. That's why it was such a perfect uh, sequel because it was just as dreary and pretentious and ponderous and boring yeah. as the original. It was perfect, a perfect sequel to a terrible film. 100%. Ridley Scott is very is more. I'm looking at his numbers right now. Is is kind of hit and miss. You have Blade Runner. You have Thelma and Louise. You have GI Jane. You have Gladiator. Um, he's he's Kingdom of Heaven. 
matchstick. I don't know what matchstick men is. I'm looking at it right Sorry, now. Are you naming the films that you think are good or bad? No, 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 no. I'm, 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 no, no, no. I'm naming his films. Period. American Gangster. Um, oh, what else? Yeah, he was. He was a producer. Alien and The Martian are the only Ridley Scott films that I like. To be honest, I and I thought The Martian was overrated. The Martian is so overrated and is laughable. How it's nominated as best picture and especially as comedy. That film is anything but funny. Let's just it's cut that. It's definitely not a comedy, but I really loved The Martian. Okay. I thought it was. I thought it had all the humanity that his films usually lack, and it yeah. actually had. A story and it followed a plot, you know. Fair enough. And All I right. Thought that Listen, the Academy, the Academy gave Cuba Gooding Jr. an Academy Award for fucking Jerry Maguire. Oh, yeah. uh, the you Academy know, also said the best picture of 1994 was not Pulp Fiction and was not uh, Shawshank Redemption, but Forrest Gump. And it also said in 1990 nice. the best picture, the best film was not Goodfellas, but Dances with Wolves. So they can shove that up their urethra for all we say. Now it's time to get into those people that we're going to make fun of. We've been making fun of all day. Critics, five-star reviews. Without a doubt, a seminal film for the science fiction genre. Ahead of its time, Ridley Scott gave us a visually stunning, mind-bending, and soul-searching masterpiece. Gag. This is one of the great visions ever put on screen, a massive and formative illustration of world building. What, the, what does that mean? Nothing. This that is word that is, soup. That is word salad is what that is. That is that means that tells me nothing. No. And so far, the two the two reviews you just gave, no one said flawlessly entertaining. Right. Two more no coming. One said that. Uh, like Nolan's Inception, also done in this podcast, that didn't survive second watch. And Kubrick's 2001, an enormous beluga whale abortion. Scott's works are really shallow action set pieces masquerading as profound science fiction. Nothing about being entertaining. Next one, I might get more attention if I blasted the film for something or other, but I just can't because it's great. Who's he already said knows that? it's a flawed premise. Who he said that? Said Lennon Moulton? Yeah, I don't I didn't I didn't look that one up. But he already admits it's a flawed premise if he's saying I might get blasted, but you know it's great. No, it's not. Critics shall it? Did his did his funny mustache write that review? Critics I mean these are terrible reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. A disjointed and plausible sci-fi film so wrapped in photographic maneuvers that it's lifeless. I think Marshall wrote that one. Okay. Yeah, I would have put it better, but yeah. Marshall yeah, you would have. I'm waiting for a Roger Ebert-esque line to pop up here. Again, I don't, I don't identify who's who. They all plot along with, while sometimes dazzling, sometimes boring special effects whiz by and force climactic confrontation with how our approaches instead of tension building though things are grinding to a halt including Howard's gears mm -hmm. waka 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 mm, good stuff the android villains are neither menacing nor sympathetic when they ideally should have been both this leaves scott's picture picturesque violence looking dull and exploitative fully on board with that one yeah i like that one a very dark and not and far too long thriller with many dull moments that would serve the film better by moving along a bit faster. True. A bit faster, yeah. A bit faster. Amazon five-star reviews. No cheesy CGI cartoons in this classic. Blade Runner, like John Carpenter's The Thing, has always has always been a divisive film. There's no middle ground of opinion. You don't say, well, I kind of like it. 
you either lovingly embrace it or utterly despise it. So if you're a lover of real sci-fi, not the flying teddy bears, Muppets, and outer space kind, no thanks, Mr. Lucas. This movie is a must-have. See, that's there's the pretentiousness being embraced in right. full force there. If you think that's bad, try this one on for size. Amazing is all I can say. I've had this movie on VHS, DVD, and now Blu-ray DVD. And on VHS, I wore out two copies. Not to besmirch the Star Wars fans, which you're about to, but this film has a much better storyline and the characters are closer to being believable. Even the concept of replicants is not that far away if you keep up with the bioengineering developments of today. Does this guy still live in his parents' basement? I knew that was coming from you, without a doubt in the world. I because that is the biggest nerd review I've ever heard. That's, I, know, I, yeah. I, I, have, I have it on everything. I have to keep watching it over and over again. Ugh. Why does the film have to be, why does it have to be close to real life? Yeah. I, you know, I, I want my films to be as far away from real life as possible. It's called an escape. I think it depends on what you're going for. Yeah, I well, I you know when I go and see sci-fi and stuff, I don't need it to reflect real life. I don't want it to reflect. Okay, I got on the bus, I went to the cinema. I don't I know back, what I this was down. trying I to want do. it to reflect. You know, the, you know what this is too. This is this harkens back to your earlier point of the Blade Runner fans think they're better than Star Wars fans because this is smarter than Star Wars, but it sure is way more boring. Not as I don't understand as... the whole side the fandom. Yeah. I never really understood the no. fandom fighting each other. I like Star Trek. I like Star Wars. I like 2001. I like all sorts of thinky, you know, up itself sci-fi. I like all different kinds of films. I like, you know, also, you know, dramas. I like, I, I will watch a good rom-com. I don't care. I'll watch everything. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to ally myself with anything and say, oh, that is the best. So I can't like anything else. I think that that sort of thinking is just ridiculous and immature Agreed. and stupid because you don't open your mind to things. Why can't you like three or four of the Star Wars films and, and, and like, you know, Star Trek. And why, why can't, why can you, why, if you don't like Blade Runner, does it mean that you're just, you know, you're not as long as it's good. Right. Marshall. Yeah. As long as it's good. My mom, my mom always said to me, she was a big film nerd. And she always said to me, you know, she'll like anything as long as it's good. And I feel that way about music as well. Yeah. yeah. Next one. As as You've got to have your mind open, haven't you? Correct. This is a genre-defining classic. Only saw it recently, but I could see the fingerprints of this movie all over many of today's sci-fi, cyberpunk, slash games, etc. Great. Yeah, a load of wank. A load of wank that they inspired. Yeah. It's just all just dreadful. Someone, we call that jerking off into a ceiling fan. <sighs> Am. You like that one? That's Adam Crowell. That's Adam Crowell. I'm done with Blade Runner already. Amazon, yeah. Amazon one-star reviews. I will never understand the hype over this movie. Bad acting, kind of corny, and didn't get to me. Didn't get to me thinking like a good sci-fi flick would. Unbearably boring film, filled with the most, filled with the worst music ever composed. Faces. Looking, standing, bad music. Right? I really don't understand Han Solo's character. Are you here. reading every review ever written? No, I only read four per. <laughs> I oh, I don't understand Han Solo's character oh, here. There's not even any blades in here. This is just ripping off cyberpunk. 
I like how they decided to, to quote to discuss a shitbox video game in an Amazon review. This dumb dumb did not obviously watch the first ten minutes where everything is explained. Last well, one. I don't know why they call them Blade Runners. It's yeah. like in in The Simpsons where Homer thinks that the name of the film is in. It's just so he would call like Deckard Blade Runner, and it's like, and that that makes sense to me. I don't. Why do they call it Blade Runner? That's what they're called. The cops are called Blade Runners. Yeah, but why are they called Blade Runners? I have no idea. Why aren't they called Fishing Slippers? Why aren't they called, you know, Hedgehog Monkeys? You know, I mean, they're just two fucking words. Why are they called that? Because Blade Runner sounds cool. Cool. Blade. There you go. That's pay- true. La- last one. I paid It's off- just like everything else in the film. It just, when you actually peek under the surface, it's utterly meaningless. Last one. I pay $120 a year for Prime. This is very precisely why I pay $120 a year on Prime. So I don't have to watch commercials. This is a total disgrace, but no worries. I also have Netflix and Hulu, now Disney, and they do not have commercials. So guess what streaming service I'll be watching? Let me give you a hint. Not Amazon Prime Video. Signed, Alan Greenspan. And that's going to do it for the every single review. That's that's every last review. Do you you realize how many I had to cull through just to find those that were even remotely quasi entertaining? It's a slog. We all had to watch Blade Runner, so it doesn't go any worse than that, does it? It Hey, Jeff Paul, did Marshall Julius gut the sacred cow? He certainly did. (laughs) <laughs> I want to say he did because I I, I I agree with his points. And I will also say the cow already had monkey pox and all and Marshall just had to sneeze and fart in its general direction and then it dropped dead because this movie, again, I understand why people like it. I see some of the themes I like, but it's it's just boring to me and you guys so as well. Boring. I get all that. So, yes, he did got the sacred cow. Marshall, tell everybody what you're up to, where we can find you, and what you want to shout out. I'm a film critic uh, by trade. I've uh, written a few books. Um, two years, two, two and a half years ago, the pandemic hit, and I have been I interviewed this guy, Howard Berger, amazing Oscar-winning uh, makeup effects guy, did uh, the Narnia films. I interviewed him for the first Narnia film, and we kind of struck up a friendship, and uh, for like 10, 12 years, we started talking about writing a book, like the ultimate book on makeup effects, interviewing like all his friends. He knows everybody. I mean, he mentored under Stan Winston, under Rick Baker, and Kevin Yeager, and he has worked with you and Tom Savini. He's just worked with everybody. He's made over 800 movies and um, he wanted to, uh, you know, we talked about it. We wanted to create uh, the ultimate compendium of inside stories of behind the scenes adventures of love for the whole industry of makeup effects and uh, makeup effects movies of makeup effects artists. But he was always too busy. But when the pandemic hit, I called him up. I say, Howard, you know, I know you're at home. I know you're not working. Why don't we start working? working on on the uh, book and he said yep you're right okay let's do it everybody else was also at home you know not doing anything we interviewed 70 absolute legends of of cinema and finally after two years of constant work and this incredible passion project is finally coming out in september and folks it's called Masters of Makeup Effects, and it is absolutely my proudest achievement as being a critic and a writer for 30-plus years. And it is this beautiful, heavy, it's like four pounds we weighed it, 
And you're it's wearing a shirt. Uh, oh, yeah. Literally, we I, I wear nothing but promotional um, shirts for it now. <laughs> Look how incredibly gorgeous and glossy it is. You know, it's just oh, beautiful. <laughs> there is some blood. If where can, and where and where can we get this in for this book? You so, can get it everywhere. Um, it's uh, available to depending on when this goes out. It's coming out mid September in the US in the UK. Um, you can get it on Amazon as a pre order now. It's already doing really well as a pre order. If you're in LA, we have a, a whole slew of signing events, including um, one that's uh, a fantastic. Um, uh, horror crime store called uh, Dark Delicacies. We're having like 30 of our contributors come along as well. So you can actually have your book signed by like a third or more of the contributors to the book, which is sort of epic. We're having a, a signing at the Academy Museum. We're, we're doing a, a, a talk and a demonstration at the uh, Montalban uh, Theatre. Uh, great, great. Well, so listen, listen. To, yeah, just say, we're, let's get to the website and find out where we're going. Masters of Makeup. We, we started our official site, Masters of Makeup Effect dot masters of makeup effects dot you can go Next. there you can buy our match you can pre-order the book you can find out about our signings this podcast will be there in the masters of podcasts section that is where you will find everything but i tell you everybody loves this book i love this book you will Excellent. love this book jeffrey paul what about yourself where can we find you you can find me on uh, all social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I don't know when this comes out, but September 15th, I'll be over at uh, Park's Casino. Uh, catch, come catch me and uh, Jimmy Schubert. Um, the great venue, the cool place to see a show. And I'm always either in the city or, you know, I'll come to your town if you hire me. All right, okay. guys, that, that, that's all I have to say. KevinGoatee.com for dates as well. Don't forget, check us out. Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber will be back in the metaverse at the Joke Community Room. GuttingTheSacredCow.com. GuttingTheSacredCow at gmail.com if you want to drop by and say hi or advertise with us. Marshall Julius, thank you so much for coming on today and, and having all your notes and all your arguments beautifully lined up with Blade Runner. We thoroughly appreciate that, sir. Thanks again for, uh, for hopping aboard. And we'll see everybody next time. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.